The theme of our sermons over the last several weeks since Easter has been closeness, about how God desires to be close to all of us. And even after Jesus got ready to ascend into heaven, uh, Jesus made sure that the Holy Spirit was available to us so that even though Jesus couldn't be physically present, we could still be close to God. Our passage of scripture today is this passage from Acts chapter 17, verse 22 through 28. It's one of Paul's sermons, and I would suggest to you that the main theme of this particular sermon of Paul is that God is as close as the air we breathe. God is as close as the air we breathe. Now you may remember that before Paul was Paul, Paul was Saul. And when Paul was Saul, Paul was a great persecutor of Christians in the early Christian church. In fact, I think as I read the scripture, that seems to me to be Paul's primary reason of existence, is that he is there to persecute the Christian church. And he doesn't do it just because he doesn't like Jesus, or he doesn't do it just because he doesn't like the followers of Jesus. He does it because he believes that that's what God wants him to do. And yet Paul, Saul on his way to Damascus one day has this experience or this encounter with the risen Christ. And in this encounter with the risen Christ, Paul is actually physically blinded. And, and even though this experience leaves him physically blinded, the scripture suggests that it is at this point that Paul begins to spiritually see what he had una been unable to see before. And so this Saul, who once was so fervent in uh, persecuting the Christians, now becomes just as fervent to feeding the flames of Christianity so that the world could be warmed by the good news of God's love. In our scripture lesson this morning, Paul is speaking to the Athenians. He's in the city of Athens. It's a cosmopolitan city. It's a university city. It's a city that is full of all sorts of gods and all sorts of idols. And it's a city full of intellectuals who enjoy every single day philosophizing and theologizing about who God is or who should be worshipped. And it's that sense in which we find Paul this morning. Now, most of Paul's sermons have been preached in the synagogue, and he's aware that in the synagogue, people are familiar with God's history with Israel. People are familiar with the Jewish scriptures. And so Paul oftentimes will use that history of God with Israel and those Jewish scriptures to kind of make his point. And then he'll place Jesus down into the middle of that and suggest that Jesus is a part of God's larger narrative and that Jesus is actually the fulfillment of that history of God with Israel and that Jesus is the fulfillment of those Jewish scriptures. And yet, his audience is a little different in our scripture lesson this morning. He's in Athens so that uh, God's history with Israel is just a history. It's not the only history. And he's talking about the Jewish scriptures, but for the Athenians, that's just a sacred writing. There are lots of sacred writings. 
And so Paul has to figure out a way to speak to the Athenians in the way that they would understand. And so Paul seeks to find common ground. And the common ground that Paul seeks to find is their spirituality. Now Paul is not happy at all about all of the idols in the city. Uh, we read that in the passage of scripture that happened just before the one that was read for us this morning. So Paul isn't at all pleased with the fact that Athens has all of these idols and all of these gods. But what he is trying to do here is to see the glass half full instead of half empty. Uh, these Athenians may be searching for things in the wrong way, but at least they're searching. These Athenians may be worshiping all of the wrong things, but at least the desire for worship is there. And so Paul wants to affirm them because at least they're searching. At least they have a desire to worship. Now I'd like to point out what Paul did not do as he begins to speak to the Athenians there in our passage of Scripture today. He didn't wave a finger in their face uh, with his righteous indignation at the kinds of gods and the kind of images that they were worshiping. He didn't do that at all. He didn't say to them, all of you Athenians are wrong. You couldn't be any further away from the divine than you are right now. Instead, what Paul says is, you, you are searching. You are seeking greater knowledge, greater spiritual knowledge. And Paul wants to affirm that. And Paul also wants to affirm that even though they're searching for the wrong things, even though they're looking in the wrong places, that God has created within them a desire to search for the divine. And as misguided as these people in Athens might be, Paul wants them to know that God is still very near to you. In fact, God is as close as the air we breathe. Now, as I was thinking about this scripture and preparing to preach on it, as I knew I was going to be preaching on Mother's Day, I couldn't help but think of my own mama. I couldn't help but think of the decision that I made when I wanted to be United Methodist. Now, You've heard, some of you have heard me tell the story. I was raised in the Southern Baptist Church. My mother was what they called the dyed-in-the-wool Southern Baptist. She ain't changing for nothing, right? And so my dad didn't go to church at all, so I was raised in the Southern Baptist Church. Now, I would like to tell you that the reason why I became a United Methodist was because of the theology of the United Methodist Church. Now, that's why I stayed, but that's not why I became United Methodist. I became United Methodist because in the small town that I was raised in, the girls in the Methodist youth group were prettier than the girls in the Baptist. <laughs> and, and so I can remember going to my mother and asking her, would it be okay if I decided to start going to the United Methodist Church? Now, my mother had to have known that that was the wrong reason to go to church. 
My mother had to have known that although what I was searching for in that church wasn't what I should have been searching for, she knew not to wave that righteous finger of indignation in my face. She knew not to say those Methodists couldn't be any further from the divine than they are right now. She knew that she shouldn't say they call him John the Baptist, Tommy, not John the Methodist. It's as if my mother knew that while my reason for going, while my reason for searching wasn't what it should be, that God was nonetheless very near. It's as if she was looking for a way to say, where is the common ground? And the common ground is, even though he may not be going to worship the right thing, his desire to go worship is still there. Even though he, he might be misguided in what he's seeking, I still know that God is very near. And that God is as close as the next breath. I think that's what's happening here in our passage of Scripture. And another way that my mother is sort of like Paul, I think, is that Paul, even though he knew that the Athenians weren't worshiping the right things, and he tried to find that common ground to begin the conversation, he was also willing to challenge the Athenians and what they believed and why they believed it. And my mama was the same way. She died, died in the wool, Southern Baptist. Even though her son became a United Methodist pastor, she never crossed over to the dark side. <laughs> and she never stopped challenging me in my faith. And she never stopped challenging me in my theology. She was always trying to help me uh, to make sure that I understood what I was saying and what I was meaning and that she wanted to make sure that I was convicted. Paul is doing the same thing here when he's talking to those Athenians. He says, you know, you worship creation, I worship the creator. The God that I worship couldn't be contained in all of these idols and all of the stuff that you worship. The God that I worship is the one in whom all of us live and move and have our being. It is in this God that we have life. Now the people that Paul was speaking to probably believed, according to the scholars that I've read, that, that God lives in each of us, but they would have, it would have been foreign to them to think about that we live in God, that, that we find our very life in God, that, that God is as close as our next breath. And that's what Paul wanted to challenge them. Even though he met them on common ground, he wanted to help them to understand that, that, that the life that you seek, the things that you seek can only be found in the creator of all life and in the creator of all things. My prayer is that wherever you are on your spiritual journey this morning, whether you are seeking the right things or trying to worship the right things, 
uh, that, that you will still be able to see, regardless of where you are, that God is very near to you. And that God desires to come into your life and give you a life that cannot be found in seeking any other thing. It is in the Creator that we have life and have being. And my prayer is that if we could learn to, with each breath we take, realize that that's how close God is to each of us, that it would begin to change our lives our church, and our world.